So this is the Well Actually podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank you for joining me. I know you have a lot of podcast options out there, and I appreciate you listening. No, but seriously, there are a shit ton of podcasts out there. But before we get started, I just want to let you know that this is probably going to be a little bit longer than you used to. And I'm sure the women in the audience are rolling their eyes right now because they've heard that one before. But I'm serious, though. Like, you know, when I said it last time, I, I just come back from the gym and I was tired. And basically, you know, these things take time. Long story short, we have a lot of things to get to today. But don't forget to subscribe to the Well Actually podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube for video content, which I promise I will get back to at some point in the near future. I'm not sure exactly how near, but near enough. Also, don't forget to rate and review. You know, give a nice review. Let other people know you're enjoying the podcast. And a quick disclaimer, uh, if you hear some rumbling in the background because the AC is on, I normally try to turn it off while I'm recording, but it's hot as hell right now in Jersey. In fact, it's so hot, it's actually hotter in Jersey than it is in Houston or Lagos. So, yeah, true story. Anyway, let's get to the news and notes. So at Wimbledon, Serena Williams was beaten by Simona Halep in the final. She was going for her 8th Wimbledon title and 24th major overall, trying to tie Margaret Court. But yeah, uh, I'm not going to say it was like age that caught up to her. Simona Halep just played a really, really good game. And this is the third straight final that Serena actually lost and 5 out of 7. Well, I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to be like, oh, age has caught up to her or something. No, just, I mean, I probably, maybe one of those tennis experts might be able to give like a better example or a better answer on that. And just when you thought uh, NBA free agency had died down, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder traded Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. And basically, Oklahoma City had essentially given up the ghost after they traded away Paul George it was kind of a signal to the fans and to Russ, who has shown quote-unquote loyalty to the team, that winning wouldn't exactly be in the team's immediate future. And by all reports, Chris Paul had made it very clear he didn't want to play with James Harden anymore. So Russ and Harden are reunited in Houston after they actually played together for three seasons while in Oklahoma City. And at that point, uh, James Harden was coming off the bench and he decided he wanted to be the man somewhere else. And I can only imagine how this is going to go during the regular season. And more NBA news, Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers signed a five-year, $170 million extension. And I'm sure some of you might be wondering, like, what makes this more noteworthy than anything else? Well, for one, he has actually technically only played in two seasons of professional basketball like he's going into his fourth year now but he missed his entire rookie season with a foot injury and also in this new nba world three-point shooting is king ben simmons is 0 for 17 on threes for his career meaning first of all he's only attempted 17 three-pointers and he has not made a single one i mean even shaq made a three-pointer in his career Admittedly, he played 19 seasons, but still. And moving on to something else that's making ungodly amount of money. Avengers Endgame is only $6 million short of Avatar and the record for 
worldwide uh, box office gross and it's seeming like they're actually going to get there sometime maybe in the next couple weeks i think they made over like a million or close to a couple million this weekend and with the new spider-man movie coming out it's actually going to boost avengers endgame as well i also wanted to talk about this uh, aziz ansari a netflix special he had uh, it's my first time actually watching him do stand-up i remember him from parks and rec and uh in addition to just listening to the jokes or whatever i wanted to see if he was gonna address the situation he had last year and he actually did like he started off the show with it and he mentioned how the entire situation had him having very i guess very honest and difficult conversations with some of his friends where they're basically discussing how they had to reassess or think back to all the dates they've been on and how uncomfortable they may or may not have made someone and some of the material from the special itself was actually like it it got me thinking a bit and a lot of it had to do with what we call cancel culture and how you're just like okay bringing your ideologies from 2019 and and using them on situations that occurred maybe in like 2012 but that's something i feel like requires a bit more fleshing out and i'm probably going to discuss that at a later time but it's it's something i i would recommend that you check out uh it's it's actually really funny also and there's a lot of uh, crowd engagement and i don't know maybe you're just not ready to forgive him if you were offended by what happened but I, I thought his his uh, explanation of the facts or of the situation to him, I felt like it might have been a little bit lacking. But I think maybe it was because you know, maybe of some legal stuff that you can't actually give like specifics. And in other TV news, uh, P Diddy, uh, Puff Daddy, Sean, Sean Combs. He announced on Twitter that they're going to be reviving making the band. And I'm not sure if all of you listening are even old enough to remember this phenomenon, but uh, it's a show that was that produced uh, groups like The Band, Day 26, and Danity Kane. And it is essentially American Idol meets Survivor. <laughs> and making the band originally aired uh, from March 2002 all the way to 2009 first of all i can't believe it was on for that long and i can't believe it was so long ago like it's crazy so but now i'm kind of wondering like if time has passed this show by i know to an extent it'll help people with like the reach or whatever but the entire process seems to be shoehorning a middleman where one isn't necessarily needed like in this day and age like you could blow just by being on soundcloud or putting your stuff on twitter or instagram or youtube or whatever but maybe there some people just feel like there's like star making potential by being associated with diddy but is this going to be about star making potential or is it just going to be more nostalgia and my main concern now is is it really going to be the same if dave Chappelle isn't going to give us some dope sketches like concerning the show 
and I know for damn sure nobody's walking to Brooklyn to get cheesecake. They're just going to catch an Uber. But yeah, be on the lookout for more specifics on that show uh, when it's supposed to be coming back out. And some other TV news. Part 3 of Money Heist is coming out this Friday, July 19th on Netflix. A funny thing is... Uh, <laughs> Part one and two are actually like technically they're one season, but Netflix just decided to split them up to get two seasons out of it. But yeah, now they're like the sole distributed of season three or part three. And I'm not even sure how this is going to work because it seemed pretty wrapped up like pretty neatly at the end of season two, but I'm sure they'll give us some in the meantime topics and let us know that this is what happened and why they need to go back in or do something else but i'm 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 definitely going to be watching over the weekend that's for sure so i'm not i can't even front all right we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be right back
So recently the Emmy nominations were announced and you know what that means? Awards talk! I, I just did the Oprah arms thing where he's like, you get a nomination, you get a nomination, everybody gets a nomination! I'll, I'll try not to geek out too much on this, so I'll try and keep it brief. But yeah, uh, we're going to start off with a little bit of Emmys trivia. So what show has received the most Emmy nominations? I'll give you a little bit of time to think about that. And if you thought Game of Thrones, you are wrong. <laughs> Actually, Game of Thrones is second uh, with 161 nominations and that's including the record 32 it received this year the actual uh winner is saturday night live i know you're not probably not even gonna think of that and with the 18 they received this year it brings their lifetime total to 270 that is ridiculous and the most uh nominations for an individual is lauren michael the creator of Saturday Night Live. He has 88 nominations. That's just... That doesn't really make any sense. But yeah. So like I said, uh, Game of Thrones is leading the way with 32 nominations. Which is a record for a drama or comedy. Uh, second place is Marvelous Mrs. Maisel with 20. Chernobyl. Wow. Chernobyl got 19 nominations. I mean, a lot of the shows that I've mentioned to you guys are like really getting nominated i'm not trying to pat myself on the back here but it's like maybe you guys should start listening a little bit more uh julia louise dreyfus uh she's going for a record ninth ninth win jeez that would be a record for any man or woman and of course game of thrones is trying to break their own record of 12 wins which it did twice in 2015 and 2016 so uh the fire people they seem to keep on winning uh the Firefest documentaries by both netflix and hulu got nominated hulu picked up one nomination for their Firefest documentary and netflix got four wow but they're not going up against each other in any category i'm not entirely sure how that works but okay and when they see us got nominated for 16 and Jarell Jerome got nominated for lead actor in a limited series or movie. And he absolutely deserved that. Absolutely. I, I, it's a, it's a really stacked uh, category, but he, even winning would not be, would not be an upset at all. But there are some snubs this year, which are just, I don't even know how to explain them. And the one that sticks out to me the most is richard madden uh from the bodyguard he actually won the golden globe for a lead actor in a drama series and he wasn't even nominated this time which just blows my mind especially because the bodyguard as a show was nominated for best drama series i'm not entirely sure how they justify that but for someone to be in or out you have to take someone else out i guess and so Game of Thrones, like I mentioned earlier, uh, had the most nominations this year with 32. And not all of those were by their own doing. Gwendolyn Christie, who plays Brienne, uh, she actually submitted herself for 
uh, her category and she ended up getting nominated for best supporting actress in a drama series and she's actually not alone in that uh the actress who played uh, Melisandre and the guy who played Theon they also submitted themselves and they were nominated as well this is I, I don't even understand why they weren't submitted by Game of Thrones or by HBO in the first place but yeah uh, Gwendolyn she's actually among three other castmates so it's the first time four uh, members of the same cast were nominated in the same category so along with uh, Macy, Sophie, and Lena. Well, that's uh, Arya, Sansa, and Cersei. Uh, try saying that four times fast. Uh, also, Game of Thrones somehow got nominated for a writing Emmy. Writing, writing. Like there was something about that that episode that particularly moved them, or the plot, or something. Just Aaron's nonsense, and it's just I don't even understand. Well, as for the net, uh, networks, HBO led the way with 137 versus Netflix with 117. The next closest network was NBC with 58. Like, if that doesn't tell you how uh, the tides are shifting in, in terms of quality of television and where it's being produced, then I don't know what else, uh, what else to say. In addition to all of that, uh, Beyonce's Homecoming was nominated for four Emmys. So I guess you can see why Netflix is just racking them up because they're diversifying and they're giving their creators a lot of uh, creative license to produce like quality content. And speaking of Beyonce, Beyonce announced or her team did that uh, an album titled Lion King The Gift is coming out soon. And it's not an official soundtrack that's also coming as well. Uh, this is described more as music from and inspired by the movie. And what this, what made this even more noteworthy was the number of Nigerian artists featured on the project. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, Techno, Wizkid, Tiwa Savage, Yemi Alade, Mr. Easy, Burner Boy, and there are artists featured from other parts of the continent as well, uh, like Ghana, Cameroon, and South Africa. And my first question is, how did none of this leak? Like seriously, like I'm sure Beyonce has like these ironclad NDAs, but it's like if you say anything, like she owns all the masters to your music or something. But this is like, this is a really big deal that we had no idea because like i don't remember seeing anybody on ig posting uh lion king things or some, something like that but it's like i you know nigerians love to show you know nigerians love to show off because you know maybe, maybe that's why burner boy didn't go and stay at the bt because he was probably going to say something about lion king but yeah another thing that kind of like came out of it is like because you know we can't have nice things drama sort of arose concerning representation of some parts of africa and how east african artists were represented and some of the commentary was like how come west africa is always at the forefront of african representation first of all what kind of nonsense is that like why is this the exact moment you want to turn into the oau like the moment you see someone else getting a little shine you want to start wahala like we're not even going to mention the whole hakuna matata thing or the fact that the film is literally set in east africa 
But yeah, uh, anyway, I hope the focus can remain on the artists that are on the project rather than the ones who didn't make it. I know some people are going to poke fun at some particular people who weren't on this, who probably see themselves uh, as big or maybe even bigger than some of the artists on the project. But anyway, you know, uh, being associated with anything Beyonce is bound to take your career to the next level. And I don't even know how to shift to this, but it is something that I'm, I'm actually smiling while I'm <laughs> looking at the story because of how ridiculous the whole thing is. But yeah, so there's a popular app called Face App. I didn't think it was real the first time I heard it. I thought the person was trying to say Facebook or WhatsApp or something. But as a lot of you know, it's an app that lets you approximate what you would look like as an old person. And first of all, I, I already have enough gray hair in my beard, so I don't need an app to let me know what I look like when I'm old. Anyway, in very 2019 fashion, it turned into like a challenge where everyone posts what they would look like as an old person. And it was pretty entertaining to see the pictures or whatever, but I mean, some of you looked exactly the same. I don't know if that's a good thing. But anyway, moving on. So as I like to do when I see a lot of people having fun with something, I start doing a little digging and uh, found out that it's the same app that was popular a couple years ago, but it went away kind of quietly. And I'm, I'm assuming it was because of privacy concerns. Well, this is one of those times where the sequel is better than the original. So I took a look at a portion of the privacy agreement that I saw floating around and bruh. Well, you may want to sit down for this. And if you're already sitting, you, you might want to stand. Except, except if you're driving right now. Just, you know, keep your hands at 10 and 2. So I'm going to read to you directly from uh, the Face app uh, privacy agreement. <clears throat> you grant FaceApp a perpetual, irrevocable, non-exclusive, royalty-free, worldwide, fully paid, transferable, sub-licensable license to use, reproduce, modify, adapt, publish, translate, create derivative works from, distribute, publicly perform, and display your user content and any name, username, or likeness provided in connection with your user content and all media formats and channels now known or later developed without compensation to you. Whew. See, now I'm not a lawyer, but I stayed at Holly Inn Express, so I'll let you know what that means. It means you've given this Russian company. Oh wait, did I forget to mention that earlier? Yes, it's Russian, but don't worry. It's not like they do anything nefarious or anything. Like I was saying, you're giving this Russian company eternal permission Wait, eternal like forever? Forever ever? To store your picture. I mean, that's not too bad, right? It's not too different from Google. Well, they can transfer this right to whoever they see fit. Aha, uh -huh, nah, I know your eyebrows are raised a bit, huh? Don't worry, we're just getting started. So not only did you give them irrevocable permission to use your pictures, a right which they can pass on to whoever they choose, they can also publish your pictures whenever they want. And then, you know, to just spice things up, they can modify, adapt, or create derivative works from your picture. Meaning, again, you've given them permission to Photoshop your face, aged or current, onto somebody's body who happens to be banging a pig. I know that's oddly specific, but wait, 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 there's more. So with all that, they can actually sell said image and you won't even get a dime from it. 
and for the icing on this scary ass cake they can use it on all their current media platforms and even the ones that haven't been created yet so <laughs> that pig banging picture is probably gonna be on whatever the instagram of 2050 is and that's like the time when you're actually gonna look like that old ass picture you were in such a hurry to take and i know some of you are thinking like so what's the difference between this and those snapchat filters well maybe those ones disappear or something either way i don't use any of them but so at this point you people are the ones that have to worry about that so we're gonna take one more break here and then we'll be right back loving you WTF story of the week uh, it's I'll just put it this way it it has more to do with the people who keep 
defending someone or something in the face of piling or mounting evidence where it's just denial at this point but yeah r kelly was arrested yet again this time on federal charges uh, he was indicted in illinois and new york on charges of child pornography enticement of a minor and obstruction of justice and investigators have over 20 20 tapes of him and many of them are including uh, victims who were confirmed to be underage at the time of the filming so at this point it's easier for you to just say you don't care than to say you don't believe it like the evidence has been overwhelming for years decades in fact and just say you want to listen to ignition and we'll leave you alone because denial at this point is just is foolhardy and you can continue on and saying like you're just going to separate the man from the music even though i'm not sure how you can do that but that's your prerogative and he's being held without bail as he is quote a danger to the community especially to minor girls so it's like do <laughs> you see in the documentary and uh the surviving r kelly documentary and it's like it it was laid out in very very graphic detail just how heinous a lot of these crimes were and then what makes like this one or this charge or this whole arrest even more uh, ridiculous or i guess sad even is that a lot of these people came forward after the payments had stopped and it's not just like payments in his entourage or people on his staff no it's like family members of the people who were assaulted who were getting paid off and once the money dried up then they came forward and i'm not entirely sure how the justice system works whether these people are going to receive some kind of immunity in order to uh in order to like i guess become witnesses on behalf of the persecution prosecution but these people deserve to do some jail time as well for covering up all of this just because of money and <laughs> there are people who were kids at the time who were assaulted and all because someone gets a little bit of change or whatever they they just they essentially made it seem like it never happened and who knows what kind of like damage or if it's reversible or not uh, that these people have gone through and and something else that well might seem a bit connected maybe not uh when your president says something incendiary it's probably time for you to take a hard look at what is being knocked out of the headlines like all of a sudden uh, jeffrey epstein who is someone who has been linked with trump in the past his child abuse child sexual abuse uh, case or charges are suddenly no longer the top news or no longer front page news out of anything because we're focusing so much on the ridiculous things that are coming out of the president's mouth and there's a very obvious pattern at this point he doesn't even he doesn't have shame so he has no problem saying these things as like a well-timed distraction and the gag is it always seems to work it's <laughs> like everyone is so eager to out outrage each other and the response has become so predictable like at this point it's incredibly easy to manipulate like as soon as 
he wants to change the direction of whatever conversation or wherever the critique might be coming from he just says something something that he whether he cares about it or believes in it or not he just says it and especially for someone who is so un unapologetic it just means nothing to him regardless of what we say and the scariest part is there is a great like a great amount of people who actually agree with these ridiculous statements so it's like when he says it he knows all of you and by you i mean us are going to get outraged and by extension it brings like coverage to him and away from whatever we're covering in the first place and then it always manages to rile up his base as well which well i don't have anything nice to say about them so i won't say anything at all it's just something to be mindful of because it is very obvious it is transparent in fact and is something he keeps getting away with but yes this is the end of this episode i want to thank you all for joining me yet again uh please don't forget to subscribe to the well actually podcast on apple podcast spotify google play and stitcher and if you don't have any of those you can always find episodes of the podcast on the official website which is thewellactuallypod.com if you have any questions concerns or feedback for this episode or any other episode you can reach out to the show on instagram facebook or twitter we would love to hear from you and if you're interested in actually being a guest host or a co-host just reach out to us and let us know and we'll try to make something work there anyway we'll try and do this again next week take it easy Thank you.